Welcome to the Shanty Sound Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Byrne, and to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of Shanty Sound, I've started my very own podcast exploring one of my favourite topics, the healing power of music and sound. I'm a lifelong musician and I've also been working extensively with sound therapy and sound healing for many years now. And I'm guessing that perhaps like me, you're here because you're also interested in all things to do with healing music and sound. Over the last 10 years, both through travelling and the internet, I've met some pretty awesome people and I'm excited to get to know them even better through these interviews. I'm really interested in people and what draws them to begin sharing music and sound in a healing or therapeutic way and in learning more about the healing and uplifting effects of immersing in sound and music. So if you do enjoy this podcast, I would love you to hit the subscribe button on whichever app you're listening on. And do feel free to leave a review or a comment. And you can also check out the show notes from this and every episode at shantysound.com.au forward slash podcast. In this episode, I'll share with you a little about me my musical background and some of the people and experiences that have influenced me. I'll tell you all about our honeymoon in Byron Bay where David Pramal and Demiten, along with a huge circle of people chanted a sacred mantra to my husband and I and why we chanted this mantra 108 times a day for 40 days following. I'll talk about my experience of the Healing Sounds Retreat in Colorado with Jonathan and Andy Goldman, and about the study I undertook with the British Academy of Sound Therapy, and I'll share a little about the instruments James and I use during our sound baths. So, here we go, podcast launching in 3, 2, 1. Hi everyone, it's Michelle here from Shanti Sound. And this is the introductory episode, episode one. I'm very excited to be producing this podcast and I've got so many amazing guests lined up from all around the world. But I thought I'd start episode one with an introduction to myself, who I am and why I'm doing this. I grew up in a household with a lot of encouragement to play music. My mother is an amazing musician. She's a folk musician and she plays button accordion and concertina as well as the Irish flute, tin whistles, bodron and she sings of course. And her mother, my grandma, was a lovely singer and singing was one of the great connections between me and my grandmother. My mother's father also played the button accordion, as did one of her sisters. And in fact, one of our ancestors who came out from Germany to Australia was an accordion maker. 
So I've been very blessed to have been encouraged by my mother for my whole life to sing and play music. And from an early age, I was involved in choral singing with the Junior Choral Society in the beautiful town of Mount Gambier in South Australia, where I grew up. I had piano lessons with this wonderful woman who, to me, seemed ancient at the time. And she lived in a big old house. She had a grand piano and there were cobwebs everywhere and it was quite dusty and messy. But she taught me to play the piano. And later I had another piano teacher who uh, burned nagshampa incense and Part of me really enjoyed those lessons and part of me avoided doing the practice. But I'm very, very glad that my mother gave me those lessons and uh, was a great grounding for a future in music. And in school, I was able to learn the violin in primary school. I used to be quite sporty as well and played hockey and did gymnastics and jazz dancing Later in my teen years, I gave up the piano and I was a bit too interested in socialising and hanging out with my friends and with boys. <laughs> so I stopped doing music for a little while. Um, I stopped doing music at home as such, but I was involved in the school musicals and I was always in the chorus, which was really fun. And we did musicals like Grease and Oklahoma. They were fun. But as I became an angsty teenager, my mother saw fit to get me a drum kit and I had lessons from a really amazing teacher, Mr. Frank Cleves from Mount Gambia. And he had a wealth of experience and taught me how to read rhythm music and he taught me big band drumming and did a lot of snare work. And definitely that's been a really good grounding for some of the work that I've done more recently. <laughs> When I was about 20, my mother had already moved to Adelaide, which is our nearest capital city in South Australia, about five hours from the town where I grew up. And mum was really involved in the Celtic music scene. In fact, she and her partner at the time had started a Celtic music session called Celtic Connections, and it was held regularly at the local Irish pub in the south of Adelaide. And it's still going today, even though mum hasn't been involved for many years now. So when I moved here, I became involved also with the Celtic music and I started to learn guitar and mandolin, mostly just from being involved in the sessions and having an understanding about music. And I picked up the boron, which is the Irish drum. And... Yeah, I was in some bands with mum and so we had a Celtic music band and then we had an Australian traditional music band and later mum and I formed a band with some of our female friends. It was an all-girl band, all women, and that was called Belladonna and we played medieval music from England and Ireland and Scotland, Wales and Cornwall and all these places where our ancestors were from. We played a lot of beautiful events and weddings and little fairs and festivals. 
My mum and I later on were very fortunate. I think it was about 2002. We went on a musical adventure together to Scotland and Ireland. We took our instruments. I took guitar and mum took a button accordion. And we went and played at all sorts of little festivals and gatherings, folk gatherings all around the British Isles. And uh, we spent two months in Scotland, which was wonderful and unforgettable time. So that's really been a big part of my grounding in music and, yeah, the Celtic music and traditional music. So in the early 2000s, I also met someone who became one of my best friends, Natasha Luke, and she joined Belladonna, the medieval women's band that mum and I had going. And we had so much fun and soon realised we had a really awesome musical connection and we both wrote songs and uh, so we joined together with Natasha's partner at the time, Reno Krauss, a beautiful man who unfortunately has passed away now. But the three of us used to play a lot of music together and do little shows together and um, we all wrote songs and we'd all sort of swap instruments and we had a lot of fun. We really, we really did. It was a great musical connection. And I think a bit later, that's, that's evolved a number of times to different projects that I've ended up doing with Natasha and she's a beautiful friend of mine and someone that I always love playing music with and she comes back into the story but I want to speak about my husband who I met in 2008 James James Byrne the amazing man <laughs> and yeah as soon as we met it was just we just wanted to play music together and after a few months the friendship really evolved into something much deeper and we became yeah much more than musical partners and uh still going strong ever since and so we formed a duo called the wandering minstrels and we did yeah we started playing around adelaide and recorded an ep and uh that was really fun and over the next few years james and i became very interested in sacred sound and mantra Later on, we joined with uh, back with Tashi and another friend, Andy Mack, and we formed a four-piece beautiful outfit called Shanti Sound Collective, where we were doing kirtans and offering beautiful, yeah, beautiful groups where people could come and join in, singing the mantras, and we were writing a lot of original tunes to these mantras, the sacred mantras from. Uh, mostly the Sanskrit language, mantras from India, some Buddhist ones. And that was a really special and amazing time too. And yeah, Tashi and Andy, two people I still hold very close to my heart. And... Yeah, so in 2012, I also met another wonderful friend who's been quite influential in my musical journey, and her name's Heather Fran. And she invited me to be part of her seven-piece band, 
as a backing vocalist for a CD launch. And uh, so I did. I joined Heather's band and that was really fun. We did this incredible CD launch and then we were invited to play at Woe Adelaide, which is a pretty amazing festival that we have here in Adelaide featuring music and dance artists from all around the world. So that was a real highlight. And yeah, we got to do some other cool gigs and the band changed formats, um, sometimes a five piece and sometimes it was a trio with myself and Heather and another amazing artist named Michaela Berger. And we did this little trio and uh, my favorite gig with that was we supported Michael Franti. And so that saw me um, take up the percussion again. And Heather helped me to develop this kit um, using the wooden box, a cajun drum that James and I had been using. And the wood skin has these great foot pedals um, with a bass and a snare inside. And you can play it with your feet while you're playing another instrument with your hands, which is what I'd been doing in the duo with James, I'd been playing the mandolin with my hands, the wood skin with my feet. But this evolved into when I was playing with Heather, playing the wood skin with my feet, with the bass and the snare pedals, and then using a djembe in front of me and playing that with brushes, and then a couple of little cymbals, a small um, little crash, splash, and a hi-hat. And that worked really well. And it was such a great thing that I ended up playing this little sort of mini rootsy kit with a bunch of other people. So friends of ours, uh, Will Calendieras, he's a, a Canadian Australian who writes really cool blues music. Um, I got to play with him and James played the bass and, you know, we did backups and recorded on his album and... Another friend of ours, Raji Mataji, played a few live gigs with him like that and also did uh, some vocals for his album. And uh, Murray Kyle, another amazing artist, uh, he came to Adelaide a few times. And yeah, once once I did the, the same little kit playing with him and there was another beautiful lady, Sonia Mellor, she played the cello um, with Murray. That was a really cool gig. And that happened through a, a really wonderful uh, event manager called Deanne, Deanna Render. She was running a, a great gig called Sonic Heart and I was really lucky to be involved with that and got to meet some amazing artists from around the world. Uh, that's how I met Nessie Gomez, who's going to be a guest on the, the show next week. Uh, also Elijah Ray and uh, Rising Appalachia. We were able to uh, do the opening act for them, myself and Heather and Natasha and another local artist, Wendy Matthews. That was cool. And yeah, then there was this amazing opportunity to perform with Tina Malia, who's an artist that I just love. She's a, a US, uh, well, she's based in Costa Rica now, but she's a, she's a mantra artist and just, beautiful beautiful singer and person and so I got to play my little kit set up with her both here in Adelaide and in New South Wales at Byron Spirit Fest and 
And later, I was also able to support another beautiful mantra artist from the US, Jai Jagdish. And uh, I did her whole Australian tour, actually, oh, except for Perth. But uh, I got to play with her at a yoga festival in Queensland, as well as here in Adelaide, in Melbourne, uh, and in Sydney. So it was really awesome. And uh, I love that little kit setup. It's been fun revisiting the uh, the drum kit over the last few years, but in a more kind of earthy, earth mama kind of way. And uh, yeah, so going back to James and I and uh, discovering sound and mantra, I'd love to talk a little bit about that. I used to work at a really cool shop called Xanadu and uh, a beautiful woman named Alison Kelty owned this store and she imported all these amazing products from India and Indonesia and there were a lot of homewares and uh, beautiful items, lovely things and this shop also had crystals and candles and books and CDs. So we're talking, you know, back in the early to mid 2000s when uh, CDs were what we listened to. We didn't have access to music on phones. <laughs> and yeah, so there were all these CDs and I started becoming uh, really interested in the CDs that were mantra CDs. And the first one that I bought, which was my favorite, was Magical Healing Mantras by a band or a group called Namaste and I just devoured that. I remember reading the inside cover and feeling amazed that these sounds could be so healing and I started lending it to friends and uh, other friends of mine became really interested in the mantras and finding that they were having healing effects especially with things like anxiety and worrying and uh, those kind of mental health concerns. Um, people were finding that the mantras and listening to them and singing along with them were really creating a sense of well-being and helping them to let go of the worries. And there were other artists that I was listening to. I started to find others like Sacred Earth and Deva Primal and I've been very fortunate since those early years of listening that I've been able to attend workshops with both of those artists and many more actually. And in fact it was in about 2011 and James and I were planning our wedding we got married in February 2011 we had this amazing wedding in the park with all of our muso friends playing. It was great. Played lots of beautiful music for us and our guests. But we were just planning the honeymoon and we decided that we wanted to go to northern New South Wales and take our van and spend a few weeks just travelling around. And uh, James loves listening to talkback radio. And he came home one day and said, oh... I've been listening to this uh, this program today and the artist was on, her name was Deva Prabal and she was talking about mantras and 
I got very excited and I was like, you know, oh, I love her. She's amazing. She's one of my favorite artists to listen to. And he told me that they were doing a retreat in uh, the Byron Bay area around the time of our honeymoon. So we booked in straight away. And about one week after our wedding, we went to this uh, ecstatic chanting retreat with Deva Pramal and Mitten and Manos and about 80 or 100 other people. And it was just so amazing. As soon as we got there, Mitten made us feel very comfortable. He was the first person we saw, really. And uh, we told him that we were just newly married. And he said, oh, we'll have to chant this special mantra for you. And uh, later in the week, they did. They they got us in the center of this circle of, you know, 80, 80 or 100 people. And they chanted this mantra for us. And the mantra, which those of you who are listening who are familiar with mantras will very likely know this one. It was Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha. And so it was amazing having this chanted to us as a blessing for our wedding and our journey of life together. And for those of you who don't know much about mantras or this particular mantra, mantras are very powerful words or lyrics or syllables really that are repeated over and over. And this practice comes from ancient yogic practices and the the language of this particular mantra is Sanskrit which is an ancient language from India and it has the ties to uh, the Hindu and Buddhist traditions and this chant Om Gam Ganapataya Namaha is offering thanks and gratitude uh, to the elephant-headed god Ganesh who is uh, very highly uh, worshipped in the Hindu pantheon and if you've seen any of the beautiful artwork from India you will see beautiful depictions of Ganesh. He is uh, a wonderful, wonderful deity and being. And so chanting this mantra is said to bring the removal of obstacles and to bring opportunities and new opportunities, removing the obstacles, clearing the path, creating new opportunities. And it's often chanted at the beginning of a journey. And so that was really, really wonderful and something that we always hold dear. And then we immersed in the practice that was given to us through this retreat, which was to repeat this mantra together every day for 40 days. 108 times a day so we used the mala beads which are some beautiful gemstone beads um, which have 108 beads and you use them to uh, to chant this mantra 108 times and it's said that when you chant a mantra 108 times for 40 days that you really begin to embody the essence of that mantra and what it's all about and it's a way that you can really create lasting change and for us it had a really big impact on us and uh, I'll, I'll share something that was quite funny actually. We 
<laughs> I was I took it very seriously. You know, um, I've been a deeply spiritual person really since childhood. I mean, I was brought up in a Christian um, upbringing with, you know, prayers and Sunday school. And I really felt, I have felt connected to God my whole life. Um, so for me, you know, I took this this new thing very seriously chanting this mantra with my beloved my newlywed husband but it was so new to James and uh, he also has this thing that he does which is sometimes he laughs at inappropriate moments so sometimes we would you know we would start chanting the mantra and uh, we'd start Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha. And then we'd get a few more rounds in and James would just open his eyes and crack up laughing. <laughs> and I ended up, you know, taking it less seriously for a little while and, you know, just letting the laughter happen and just letting that energy be what it needed to be. And I must say, in fact, we chanted this mantra just recently because we just had our... 10-year wedding anniversary and uh, we decided it was a good time to start chanting the mantra again and we hadn't chanted this for a while and uh, the same thing happened actually it, uh, it's making me laugh right now just the the joy and the laughter I don't know it just bubbled up from within both of us but uh, yeah it, it was a very very special thing to do and the mantra has so much meaning to us and uh yeah, I highly recommend that you, if you've never heard about mantra, definitely check out the work of Diva Pramal and Miten. They are incredible and have been a huge influence on my journey and our journey. It was around 2012 uh, when I'd first met Heather. She's also someone who's been very interested in sacred sound and uh, in fact years before we met she came into Xanadu where I worked and uh, she purchased a singing bowl and that was in fact where I first uh, became aware of singing bowls. I mean I'd probably seen them at a few festivals but we had all of these singing bowls at Xanadu and so if the shop was quiet I would get all of the singing bowls out and I'd lay them out on the beautiful Indian bedspreads and I'd just dong them all and give myself my first little sound baths. Oh, they were amazing. So Heather decided that it was a good idea to get some sound therapy training happening in Australia. She'd done a little bit of uh, training with other people. I think she'd been to California but she wanted to train with this academy called the British Academy of Sound Therapy under an amazing teacher, Liz Cooper. And she she actually got Liz to come out here and uh, develop the first Australian courses. And so Liz came out a number of years in a row and delivered this incredible high quality training. So I was part of that first group and second group of the British Academy Sound Therapy training in Australia. Doing that training uh, was incredible for me. I built my the beginning of my sound therapy kit with the Himalayan singing bowls, crystal bowls, my first gong, rain stick. We trained a six-day intensive training 
in a, a little place just outside of Adelaide with 18, I think, participants. Lots of who are now good friends, which is awesome. This was followed up with hours and hours of case studies along with regular webinars with Liz. And it was just so thorough. And we learned so much. We learned all about my favourite modality from that course, sound bath, how to give a sound bath. And, you know, it, it was such a wonderful thing to have that training. And there was um, also training around, you know, how to play the instruments and ways you could support people because sound does have massive effects on your, not only your physical body, but it can really affect your emotions and what it can do is help to shift your emotions you know we can hold uh, um, emotions in our body and in in the space around our body really in our energy field and so sound can help us to shift those emotions and it was was such a valuable training and I highly recommend that you check out the work of Liz Cooper and the British Academy of Sound Therapy Liz has released uh, a number of books the one that I have read is called Sounding the Mind of God. Definitely check her out. And she's produced some really great recordings. And she's just an amazing teacher. I had the opportunity to do some other training around sound, which was much less formal, but very, very valuable. And that was in 2016 attending the Healing Sounds Retreat with Jonathan and Andy Goldman in Colorado, USA. And that was a really amazing experience. I learned a lot about healing with the voice, toning with the chakras. And I met so many amazing people from around the world who are like-minded and interested in sound offering sound healing, sound therapy and beautiful music. So I'm hoping to interview some of those people sometime soon. And I've been right to the other end of the training spectrum as well, having attended a local university, Adelaide University, studying jazz voice right back in 2008. And prior to that, I did a diploma of music with the voice as my major instrument as well. So since doing the sound therapy training, I've shared a lot with my husband and we've developed our own version of the sound bath. It's very much based on that British Academy of Sound Therapy sound bath, but with some extra additions that we've added. We were really, really lucky a few years back uh, I think it was 2015, we attended the Woodford Folk Festival and James had never played didgeridoo before that, but he, uh, we actually were doing a stall there uh, because my husband, James, makes these incredible instruments, cosmic tone instruments, which I'm sure I'll talk about a bit later. And uh, also, I'd like to interview James on the show too. So hopefully you hear more about the Cosmic Tone instruments and how they came about. So we were at Woodford Folk Festival, beautiful, amazing five-day festival in Queensland over New Year's. And uh, we're doing the stall and James came across a 
didgeridoo making workshop. And so he he did the workshop and he spent time each day um, shaping and sanding and creating this first didgeridoo, which he was very proud of. And so he spent time after that developing the circular breathing that is needed to play the didge. And uh, yeah, years later, he's really amazing at playing it. And uh, of course, it's such a wonderful sound healing tool. So we have developed our sound bath. We're using the didge and we combine that with a medicine drum. And I use the Remo buffalo drums, the Bahia buffalo drum usually. I also have a comfort sound drum by Remo. But I love the Remo drums because they have a synthetic skin, so no animals are harmed in the making. And the best thing about synthetic skins as well is that they never go out of tune. I actually sell the Remo drums now and I was comparing my drum that I've had for many years to a brand new one just a few days ago and the tone is actually exactly the same. So yeah, I highly recommend the Remo drums and if you uh, do want to buy one, you can definitely check out my website. <laughs> Within Australia, we can post. Yeah, so we use the, the didge, the drums, and then we have the sort of formula of the British Academy of Sound Therapy, which has the Himalayan singing bowls, crystal bowls, gongs, and therapeutic percussion. We've added some elements of percussion to the sound bath uh, as well. We use a calabash, which is a huge seed pod or a half of a fruit really from Africa. It looks similar to a gourd, which you might know, but a calabash is half of a fruit grown on a tree in Africa. And it's a, basically just a big wooden dome. And I play that and James plays an udu, which again is based on an African instrument. However, this one James created from a clay pot, which is made from African black clay. And I will mention the cosmic tone instruments now. So that's another element that we've added to our sound bath. The cosmic tone instruments, they are a steel tongue drum. And James started making those in 2011, right after we got back from our honeymoon. In fact, I think he spent the last of our money that we had uh, while we were away uh, on buying a welder. <laughs> Funny story. Maybe he can talk about that later when I interview him. So anyway, the Cosmic Tone Instruments came about because James had a real desire to make instruments and he was encouraged by a friend we met on our honeymoon to just start. And amazingly, as soon as he started making the instruments, People just started wanting to buy them and 10 years later he's made hundreds of them and they've been shipped all around the world and people use them for sound relaxation and sound baths, for accompanying meditation and yoga and Reiki. They use them with children in kindies and schools, in nursing homes there are just there's so many applications to the Cosmic Tone instruments. And uh, if you want to check them out, cosmictone.com.au. I'm really proud of James and all that he's achieved with these instruments. And they're just amazing. 
And for those of you who don't know what they are, they're a 10-note steel tongue drum. So they're made from steel. Um, these ones are made from high tensile Australian steel. And the 10 notes are tuned to different scales or musical patterns of notes. And James created them because he wanted everyone to feel like they can play music we both really have a passion for helping people find themselves musically, whether it's through the voice or playing an instrument. And so the cosmic tones are tuned and created so that you can play them intuitively. And if you've got two hands and you can hit mallets, you can hold a mallet with each hand or even one hand, you can play these instruments. We'll talk more about that in a future episode. <laughs> So yeah, James and I have done, I'd say hundreds of sound baths together and I've done probably hundreds by myself as well. Um, it's something that I just love to do and I've been fortunate to be doing for the last eight to nine years in many different environments. So yeah, that's been really wonderful and it's something that people just love. You know, we do we do big sound baths with 40 to 50 people. I do smaller sound baths with just a few people. And I go to yoga retreats and other people's retreats. And uh, the sound bath is a lovely feature that really deepens people's experience on retreat. And then again, the one-on-one -on -one sound baths are really special as well. Um, it's just something beautiful that I love to offer and people get a lot of benefit from. I really love receiving feedback and people say so many different things that they experience through sound bath. Some people experience really wonderful feelings in the body and even release from pain in the body. Tension in the body can be released. A lot of people find they have an emotional shift or um, mental clarity or stillness. And some people feel that they really get in touch with their essence self, you know, their spiritual self, that part of them that is greater than the mind or the body. And I love that sound has all of these amazing benefits that we can each experience. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. And that is why I have started this podcast, because... Over the years, I've met many people, uh, and especially now with the internet, you know, I've connected with people all over the world, and I want to bring their knowledge and wisdom to you. I want to be able to share their offerings. I want all of us to be able to access whatever it is that's going to help us to become whole, become healthy, become happy, to leave the past behind. Sound is a wonderful healing tool that we can access. And I'm so grateful that you're listening to this podcast. I can't wait to share all the amazing guests with you in future weeks. I feel really lucky to have met my husband and to be able to share all this music together. He's a really amazing musician as well. And we both play many instruments I don't even know the number of instruments in our house. It's a very big number. <laughs> I think there's like 13 guitars or something just to start off. Um, yeah, so as well as all this amazing sound work that we do together, we have been playing original music together since 2008. 
and we started off under the name The Wandering Minstrels and several years ago we changed the name of the duo to Imagery, that's I-M-I-J-R-I and we really love writing music that has positive messages, um, that is about the earth or about people or about love, about high vibing things. And we haven't recorded much music in the last few years, but I'm hoping that this year we will be able to make that a bit more of a focus and share some of our beautiful music with you. We often play it live at the end of the sound baths, but no one gets to listen to it beyond that. So we do have a few things on uh, Bandcamp and um, on Spotify. So you can look up shantysound.com.au forward slash music and there's a few of our offerings there yeah so that's been fun we've played a lot of different events like little festivals and bigger festivals and you know gatherings birthdays weddings house concerts all sorts of things we had a really cool experience a few years ago where we got to play on one of the trains that goes from Adelaide to Perth. That's the Indian Pacific. And it's a train that takes a couple of days and nights to get from Adelaide to Perth. And uh, it was a real highlight of of the time we've shared together, really. We uh, also uh, played on the train, a New Year's train, actually. We were asked to play on the train from Adelaide to Darwin. That's the Garn. So our international listeners, you may have even heard of those those trains. And the train journeys are really cool. And we had a little cabin to sleep in and we got to play music every day in the lounges while people were eating their beautiful food. And uh, yeah, that was fun. I just love music and, you know, part of my journey for the last 10 years has also been teaching and I've been teaching school students. I've been teaching singing lessons in school and school choirs and I've taught adult choirs as well and I'm still teaching one with my friend Heather Fran. We teach a a mixed adult choir, community choir at Kingston Park each week. And it's really fun singing with people. You know, singing has so many benefits. It's something that we can share that brings well-being. And, you know, there's a lot of research now about what sound and singing does to the body. And that's something I'm interested to find out through these podcasts. I'm really excited to share this with you. And, you know, I did create Shanti Sound in 2011 as a way that I could share the healing power of music and sound with the community around me. And yeah, it's just such a wonderful thing to be able to share this on such a big scale now. I'm really grateful for technology giving us the tools to reach out and be amongst each other wherever we are in the world. So that's a little bit about me. I'll sign off now and I hope that you enjoy this series of the podcast Shanti Sound exploring the healing power of music and sound
You've been listening to the Shanty Sound podcast. You can access all of the show notes at shantysound.com.au forward slash podcast. I would love you to subscribe, like, comment or leave a review wherever you're listening. And connect with me on Instagram at Shanti underscore sound and Facebook at Shanti Sound Australia. The music and sounds featured in the intro and outro are excerpts from the Shanti Sound Soundbath CD, recorded and produced by Michelle and James Byrne. You can download this and other music by Michelle and James Byrne at shantysound.com.au forward slash music. Remember, sound brings healing and presence. The truest and sweetest sound comes from within. So hum, sing and create sound whenever you can. Thanks for listening. I look forward to sharing with you again soon.